Welcome to Soul Every Soul Sings, Worship for the Real Church. My co-host, Bethany Pettigo, is not here today because I get to interview one of my dearest friends, Jason, better known as Bubba Stewart. And if you've ever met Bubba, you know why he's called Bubba. Uh, he and I have known each other for more than 15 years. We used to work together as part-time consultants at the KBC, that's Kentucky Baptist Convention for those of you outside of Kentucky, or outside of Baptists. Um, so glad you're listening. Yes. Uh, Bubba and I have known each other, worked together, done projects together, um, cried together, prayed together, laughed together more than any of those things, made sure. music together, worshiped together, yeah. uh, and really just um, value, I think, the way that iron sharpens iron, brothers appreciate brothers. So Bubba, welcome to my podcast. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the invitation. Man, it's so good to have you on the other side of the microphone. But I miss Bethany. She's awesome. Um, I really just have a couple of questions for this episode, and then I, I know us. We'll talk long enough that there'll probably be a second episode. But okay. the thing that I really love about what you do as the worship consultant for the Kentucky Baptist Convention, you are connecting with or doing your best to connect with 2,400 churches um, all of whom have some kind of preaching and music on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, just give us a short snap, snapshot of what those churches look like. 2,400 yeah. churches. Yeah, we get, you know, with 2,400 churches here in Kentucky, it, it will surprise you if I say only 19 of those churches are 1,000 members or more. Mm-hmm. So we only have 19 churches in Kentucky that, that we, I would consider a large mega style church wow uh which leaves 2380 some odd churches uh that are less than a thousand and really in te- in in trueness about 2000 of our Kentucky Baptist churches are 100 members or less okay so let that sink in yeah. out of 2400 churches 2400 2000 of them have fewer than 100 people mm-hmm. in their room on a sunday morning or that, on a weekend that is correct that is okay. right so most of your connection um, or most of your potential for impact is with the small church. Yes. Many of them rural? Yes. Uh, those 19 mega churches are yeah. located in our metropolis areas okay. of Kentucky, if you want. Yeah, metropolis, because Kentucky's got yeah, so many of those. Right. Yeah. But uh, so that leaves about, uh, I'll just say, let's say 400 churches that are 100 members or more. And those churches. Uh, will tend to can can run and sustain a multiple staff, more than one pastor. Okay. So that means two thousand of my churches that are hundred members or less, they've normally got a pastor, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're full time. Right. Uh, a lot of them are bivocational and even volunteer, yeah. which means when it comes to worship leadership, it's you're just not going to have a full time worship leader in that position. Right. They're going to be bivocational, mm-hmm. which means they are working 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week already in their secular job. And then they are in turn then t- doing, we only want 10 to 15 hours of your time a week, which turns into 25 or 30 yeah. on top of all that. And oh, by the way, we're going to give you, you know, a hundred dollars a month to get that done. Right. And so, and no budget and no budget whatsoever. Yeah. You know, I, they might have a church budget, a uh, church music budget of $350 for the year. Mm-hmm. And that's just not a lot of, uh, that's not a lot of money to do anything. Yeah. Uh, much. I mean, if you technically want to be legal and buy all the, the licenses, if you mm-hmm. so choose, I mean, that you, that's half your budget yeah. right there. So my, my, uh, challenge uh, week in and week out, day by day, is trying to come up with resources 
for our smaller churches to mm-hmm. use that are small church friendly. Okay. Um, coming up with uh, ways to encourage those that are leading worship because many times they get so discouraged. Uh, they, they, uh, they, they seem to have uh, antics with, uh, you know, chairman of the deacons or mm-hmm. chairman of the personnel committee or all these different things that are in the church that is a lot of red tape. And you get you you're, you've got power struggles within the church. You got all you got a myriad of things that the volunteer worship leader, minister of music, song leader, tune heister, whatever their title might be, yeah. uh, you know, for them to do what God's called them to do, it can be a real challenge. And so I'm there to help. I get to hopefully network them with other people in their community and uh, and really just encourage. I'll be honest, mm. it's just an encouraging word goes a long way for somebody to say, yes, you're doing a good job. Yeah, which I just have to say as a worship pastor, I need to do more of with the people in my ministry so that I'm constantly offering those words of affirmation and encouragement to them as well because mm-hmm. they get weary. You know, they're volunteers. Yes. I mean, we have somebody on staff at my church but it's not all those people. You know, they're working 40, 50, maybe 60 hours a week at their secular job and then coming and volunteering at this church five or 10 or 15 or 20 hours a week. And so it's a good reminder for all of us to just say, thank you. Well done. You're doing great. You've got this. You can make it. You matter. Yeah. You're making a difference. And so it's a good reminder for those of us who are um, leading uh, at whatever level we are, to be able to just encourage people. A few weeks back, I get to serve, I get to supply lead in a lot of our churches week in and week out. And a few weeks back, uh, I had gone to a, it was a smaller church. It would run about 150, so it wasn't a, a small, small church. But I was able to, uh, uh, they, they used PowerPoint. They, they had uh, a piano player and an organ player. And so I uh, asked the sound person to be there a little early so we could do some sound checks because I wanted to make sure my guitar worked. I was going to play guitar that morning for them. And when it was after the sound checks were done, before we went to Sunday school, I just simply said a thank you to the person that was running the sound. Yeah. And they and I didn't think anything about it until as I was walking out of the sanctuary to go to Sunday school, he came up to me and said, thank you for saying thank you. Huh. I've never had anyone tell me uh, thank you for the job I'm doing. Wow. And I'm going to tell you a lot, of, especially for our tech folks, they're they're normally the ones that are first in and first out. Yep. And unfortunately, in their position, they're never really recognized or seen unless there's a problem. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, in this day and age, I truly try to make sure my tech folks are thanked and they know that they're appreciated. Yeah. And most of them don't want to be up front. And that's why they're in the tech booth. That's right. But that doesn't mean they don't want to be valued and appreciated and yes. encouraged. So, yes. yeah, it's, again, good reminder for all of us. Yeah, your, your tech people are just as important as your piano player, guitar player, drummer, all and, that. In most of our churches, we would be more sunk without somebody in the booth than we would somebody on the platform. So that's, Preach, that's for sure. Um, Bubba, tell us what you see consistently in visiting, talking with, um, counseling, guest leading, and all of these places. Tell us what you see uh, as trends. Like what, what's how have things changed in the 
what, seven or eight, nine years you've been doing this? Yeah, I think there's a, there has been a real change in our church leadership from 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, worship was a, a lot of your powerhouse leaders in the church when it came to modern songs, using drums, using guitar, anything other than the piano organ, there was a real aversion to, there was a, uh, uh, they just really, it offended them mm. because it was undignified. Yeah. And so a lot of those church leaders, um, I'll just say it, they have moved on to glory. Okay. Okay. So fast forward 20, 25 years. And glory is not a small town in Kentucky. Glory is, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> They've gone to be with Jesus. They've gone to be with Jesus. Very good. And so now your church leadership um, a majority of them were our children of the 60s, mm-hmm. uh, the 70s. They grew up with the Beatles. They grew up with those rock and roll bands. And so drums are not do not offend them. Guitars do not offend them. Uh, they actually enjoy it. But what they are offended by is the 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 quality of music that's coming from the stage. Okay. So meaning that if it's a if it's a drum that sounds like a fifteen dollar drum that was bought at a garage sale, yeah, it, that that's offensive to them. Or if it's a guitar oh. that's way loud and not blending in with everything else, that can be offensive. They're not against the instrument; they're just against the the. They're, it's not blending. It's, okay. It's not a good sound. It's abrasive because yes. it's not well done. You know, I mean, and it makes sense because you know we we pay we pay. I can't imagine the amount of money that we spend in our personal homes. You know, to put in the surround sounds and have yeah. the nice sound, the sound bars yep. and everything. And then we come to church and it, what we're hearing is not pleasing to the ear. It's not that we're against the instrument. We're against how it sounds. Okay. And so that's one of the challenges that we, we didn't really face that challenge 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. We were facing a challenge of just having an instrument up there playing other than the piano organ. Yeah. But now fast forward, we don't mind the different instruments, but let's make them sound pleasing to the ear. I, I bought my wife a car as a Christmas gift three years ago. Um, guys, just pro tip, one of the best things I've ever done in my life. So uh, her car was 15 years newer than my car. And when I would get out of my car and into her car, I felt like I had moved planets, not just decades. The technological advances are staggering. Now, her car is a hybrid, and so that kind of contributes to it because it's got a little more techie feel to it. And I had a, an older car that had a really good sound system for a car 15 years earlier, but compared to her sound system and her Ford, it's not a, you know, it's not a Mercedes, it's a Ford, but it was like, I, I really felt like I had changed planets. I mean, just 15 years apart. And so it's so hard for us to remember with our level of excellence that the world has grown in its excellence and the church you're saying may not have kept up. Is that fair? That's a very fair statement to make. You know, we, again, we have our noise canceling headphones. We've got our, our earbuds. You know, we've got our soundtracks that are playing in our, our playlists that are playing in our life. Yeah. And we just, we're just, we expect good quality sound. Yeah. And that's not just a technology issue, though. What you said, first off, is the, the guitar is out of tune or the drum sounds cheap. It's really about the equipment and the proficiency of the person using That's correct. it, right? That's exactly yeah. right. And, and so, singer. And so what we're, what, at that point, what we're doing is, if we know, we need to invest in those people and encourage those people to up their musicianship. Okay. And that's what we've got to do. Yeah. Cool. It can be done. 
It can, and it can be done for free. Oh, yeah. Which is one of the beautiful things about oh. living in this decade. Is yeah. You can get better at anything just on YouTube. That's exactly right. Or calling a friend or whatever. So Absolutely. That's cool. That's yes. cool. What else do you see? What are some other trends as you go church to church, talk to people? Well, um, I, I know that the trend is um, there are churches that sing hymns, but they just don't want to sing hymns the old way. They do want there to be, they want they want a freshness okay. in their singing. They want their singing to be uh, alive. They want mm-hmm. any song they do uh, to be alive. And they truly do desire to sing some of the modern songs. Okay. Uh, they just have a hard time finding resources for them because they're not in the hymnal. Mm-hmm. And so then that requires a person in charge to be able to go out and find a resource for yeah. that music. How can we learn this new tune? How can we play this new tune? I can't exactly put a chord chart in front of my piano player, so I need to find some actually written out music for okay. my piano player to play the new songs. They don't mind playing the new songs, but they just don't put a chord chart in front of them and expect them to just play happy, yeah. happy, happy. Function like a garage band. So two or three resources off the top of your head? Uh, well, I... My number one resource is LifewayWorship.com. Okay. I just That's the number one for here in Kentucky. Yep. If a church desires to do a modern song, if they go to LifewayWorship.com, uh, they can absolutely find the song. They can download the sheet music for any instrument that they have, sometimes in multiple keys. And it will, when the piano player plays it or the organ player plays along, they will at least sound very much in the ballpark of what the modern song accompaniment is supposed to sound like. Yeah. Yeah. My experience with Lifeway Worship, and I love them. Um, I, lo- I love the folks that work at Lifeway. Uh, just great organization. Um, they tend to be a little simpler, mm-hmm. so they're yeah. accessible yes. for the normal kind of church pianist. Yep. Um, the rhythms may be not quite as complex as what you hear on the recording, but yes. they're still going to sound like the recording. Yes. Is that fair? And, and, that's, and that's why it's such a usable resource yeah. for my smaller churches. Right. Now, for my larger churches that are... You know that have a, uh, you know three or four hundred people. They've got a a, a a band, a multi a multiple piece band. Right. Um, yeah, Lifeway can still serve in that purpose, but at that point, you, there are other resources out there that they could use yeah. that are that will help them sound more like what they hear on the radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for my church, for my two thousand churches that yeah. are hundred members or less, Lifeway worship is a hit. It's a grand slam for yeah. them. And we have um, at our church, you know, several hundred people on a weekend, and I have a, a pretty sizable worship ministry here. But some of the Lifeway charts are just my favorite charts. Like some of their arrangements are stunning. I yeah. love wherever he leads, I'll go, oh. which is Travis Cottrell's yeah. version, yeah. and and we do that. And I'll have senior adults come up to me every time we do that song. <laughs> I have senior adults come to me with tears in their eyes yeah. because they're so grateful that we've sung that song, and they were so moved, oh. not just by the familiarity of that song, but by the arrangement. I mean, sure. it's just so good. There are others. It was well done. Yeah, and, and there are others from that I love from Lifeway Worship. So even if you're a part of a church that wouldn't have to have something simplified, um, yeah, be, check it out. One of the things that Mike Harland at Lifeway talks about with their website uh, is the search engine. And so I would just be, I would feel bad if I didn't point people to that resource. Uh-huh. You can enter a scripture verse, you can mm-hmm. enter a topic, you can enter a lyric, any of those things in the lifewayworship.com search engine and it will help you find yeah. multiple matches. Um, and so it's a great resource in terms of planning as well. Yeah, it is. And one, uh, pro tip, if you go to their website and you do type in that title and it pulls up that title, 
if you if you scroll down, there's a tab that says additional info, and when you when you touch or you click on additional info, it will drop down a box of all the scripture that is used that will, can relate to that song. And so it's an instant resource of connecting scripture to a song that you're going to sing. Yeah, and you don't have to have a membership. You don't have to no. pay anything. No. That's all just provided as part as free as a part of that search engine. So that's a, a wonderful research tool or resource tool. Any other big resource that just helps with kind of the normal search? Uh, you know, I, I just think that... Uh, well, Lifeway Worship is the number one uh, project that I, that I or resource that I put out. But I've got 400 churches right now in Kentucky that do not have a piano player. Okay. So then what do you do? Okay, well, you have to go, you have two, a couple options. Right. One is to sing a cappella. Yep. You know, and that's, hey, I, I enjoy that. Me too. But you've got to have a strong voice that can lead that. Someone yep. who knows that and feels comfortable to do that without the accompaniment. It is doable. Uh, especially with the hymns, a lot of the hymns you could do that. They're yeah. well known. Right. Modern songs, may, maybe not so. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much. Um, or uh, if you if you don't have uh, anybody that can lead a cappella, you can actually find all sorts of resources out there, tracked wise. Okay. Uh, most of them are downloadable. You can find a few websites that have the physical CD. That you can purchase, mm-hmm. although I would say in five years' time, those that will not be available. Most yeah. everything is going the everything's going digital. Yeah, streaming. Yeah, it's the way it is. Yeah. And uh, there's some great websites out there that uh, for hymns. If I have a church that really just loves the hymns, and they want to just they're a hymn only church, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. There's a website called wsrpianocds.com. That stands for Worship Service Resources. So it's wsr piano cds.com it is just like aunt ethel is sitting down at the piano <laughs> and playing and it, everybody can sing right along now the, the i caution you you need to listen to the whole track mm-hmm. uh in advance because sometimes aunt ethel will throw in a key change for okay. the last verse and you need to know that but, and yeah. so but, but i'm telling you it's pretty amazing how easy it is to sing along with that uh it's mm-hmm. just a, it's just like having a piano right there in the room yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it it really is neat. One of the resources that I would suggest is your friends or Mm -hmm. local churches. Um, I love it as as a worship pastor that's on staff full-time when other churches are looking for help and they ask me. Like, I... I just love being in a place where I have... If I have it, I will help with it. Now, obviously, I you know, I'm... I don't have enough enough budget to buy what I think we need for my church. So I can't just like buy stuff for other people. But if there's something in my library or something in my closet or something in my office or something in my head, I love being able to share that with other people. And so don't overlook the resource of other humans. We can connect with each other. And yeah, and, I, and that's one of the things that we don't do enough of is connecting with one another and use, utilizing what other people have. I mean, I, what I have, I can share. Yeah. And you've got something you can share with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. We ought to do more of that. Yeah. Um, anything else that the, the person just kind of sitting at their desk or driving down their car, um, listening to this and they are in a church that they would be surprised at from the kind of the big picture view that you have? Well, I think that, um, um, even if you've got a small choir of even eight people, there are resources out there um, that you can use uh, on a week-to-week basis, on a seasonal basis, that will make your choir sound good. 
Mm. You know, there's all sorts of you can series to the two part series to, uh, there are resources out there that will help your choir and your musicians on stage, no matter what skill level they have can help them even sound better and use their gift for the Lord. So if you're listening and you're in a more modern worship context and you're, you're thinking that a choir is at least 30 people or gang vocals on a CD project or, you know, Passion City Church's worship choir or whatever, um, in, in their setting, why would somebody consider putting together 8 to 12 singers to have a choir? Oh, listen, I'm, I'm a choir guy. I will be to the day I die because I just think that when you've got a, a body of people that are leading worship, it just helps with the whole over the whole flow of the service, mm. and it's encouraging one to another how much a choir, even as small as eight, in a congregation of sixty or seventy, how, what kind of difference that will make as opposed to not having a choir up on stage, as opposed to just having a song leader up on stage. Okay, it just it's a night and day difference. So. When you say a difference, do you mean musically or spiritually? Or I think what? It's, I think it's a spiritual thing. I think it is a, almost an enticing, of uh, an encouraging through the spirit to engage. Okay, there's an engagement factor that is missing when you've only got one person on stage. Yeah, uh, we have a choir here. We, we sing about once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I love choir. I too will. I hope be a choir guy till the day I die. <laughs> um, one of the things I tell our folks is that they are uh, they are throne builders. Mm, um, love it. Psalm twenty two, I think it's verse six, says that God inhabits the praise of His people in the Old King James. But mm. but maybe a different way to understand that is when when a bunch of people praise God, His glory is manifest among them. And so the more people you have praising, the the bigger the throne. The more absolutely. And, and you all have seen this. You've experienced this when you go to a conference mm-hmm. or to a workshop or to a, the right church or maybe hopefully your church. Mm-hmm. When the whole room is praising, not just singing, but praising, there's a spiritual energy. So why not have eight people doing that instead of one or 20 doing that instead of five? Right. Because that brings a spiritual energy. Yeah. Um, and, and that sounds a little new agey and I don't mean it to. I really do mean <laughs> that that the spiritual activity of people leads to the Man, manifest presence of God, and when that happens, um, the people that you're leading, it's easier to lead them. They they want to go where you want them to go, because there's that kind of spiritual dynamic at play. So yeah, this wasn't really yeah. ever supposed to be about having a choir and worship, <laughs> but I love that that we went there. Um, when I told you about this question, I, I mentioned that it would be interesting for us to see or hear about what's common or what's normal that's different from us in our isolation. And as soon as I said that word isolation, I thought about the meeting we were in this morning about just the dangers of being in isolation. So since you see that so much, would you just take a minute or two and talk about that? Well, I, you know, from a, from a big picture standpoint and to understand this, help people understand sometimes about isolation. Cause they want to, they ask me, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, you know, when you're watching the national geographic channel, and you see the, the the herd of lions, or um, I guess they're called a herd, but a, a, a pack pride. Of, a pride of lions. Pride of lions yeah. When you see a pride of lions approaching a whole pack of gnus, or or what other African animal you can think of right now, <laughs> but you see them, they don't go up and they don't attack the whole gnu pack 
what they do is they get them running and they chase them, okay. but then they start splitting them off into, you know, down half the pack to down to a quarter size of the pack, down to a few, and then they 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 zero in on the weakest one. Okay. And so many times, that's what happens in our own spiritual life. Satan's after us all the time. Yeah. He is seeking to just tear us up. Like a lion. Exactly. Yeah. And so therefore, when we isolate ourselves, we really leave ourselves exposed to the evil one. And he can begin to spin things in our own mind and make us believe things that are not true. A lot of fake mm-hmm. news he can spend, he can send our way. Yeah. And ultimately it's to our own demise. Uh, because what we have forsaken is we have forsaken that fellowship with our brothers and our sisters of other churches and other in our communities right. to realize that we have got a, a, an awesome responsibility to reach the lost and to what we're doing to come together and be profitable for the kingdom. And many times we get this mentality of, well, I don't want to do anything uh, or I don't want to give them any hints or help them out because then their church might grow. Well, good night. And I would guarantee in your county, if you were to count the, the n- number of people that's in your county, and let's just say there's 100,000 in your county where you live yeah. in any town in USA, and then you were to go in and count all the seats of all the churches in that county, I promise you, you're not going to have 100,000 seats uh, of churches in all the churches. You're probably only going to have maybe ten to 15,000. And so that tells me that you could fill each church three, four, six, eight times and still not have reached the entire lost community, all the lost in your community. Right. So we have got a huge sea to, to fish from and that we need to be out. We're not competing against other churches. We're competing against the evil one right. and those souls. And so we really need to get on the same team and do, we can be better together. We should, I can encourage you. You can encourage me. I can pray for you. You can pray for me. You can give me insight. I can give you insight. Yes. And it's all a part of the body of Christ. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And that spiritual battle that we're in, if somebody's got our back, we're just in a better way. Absolutely. And isolation often leads to devastation. Yes. And uh, community uh, is a great Gosh, um, antidote for that. And so if you're listening and you're not feeling very well connected, Mm -hmm. um, reach out to somebody. Reach out to somebody down the street or in the next town. Um, Reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time. My email address is rodeellis at gmail.com, R-O-D-E-E-L-L-I-S at gmail.com. You can call me or text me. My cell number is 502-229-0114. Isolation is a tool of the enemy and community is the goal of the father. He made us for community. So let's not live in isolation. Um, This is part one. Come back for part two. I've got two very different questions to ask Bubba, but thanks for listening to this episode of So Every Soul Sings. And as you're preparing to lead worship this weekend, um, in whatever way you're a leader, just remember to do all that you do to glorify God. And so every soul in your room sings.